Good evening. It's good to see you all on this uh, cool spring evening here as we continue through this somber season of Lent as we're now in week four of our midweek series on the salutary gift. And so I'll turn your attention to the inside of your bulletin where we do have a summary of the readings for this evening and where you see the title, Rest for the Weary. The Israelites were commanded to observe the Sabbath, for God made the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day he rested from all his work. They were to put aside the work you do so that God may work in you. These Sabbaths all pointed to the one who is himself Lord of the Sabbath. As God rested on the seventh day after his work of creation, so also Christ rested in the tomb on the Sabbath day after his work of redemption. Thus, Jesus is our true Sabbath rest. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In him, all our labor ceases, and we find rest for our souls. Every week, we come to the Lord's table, weary and burdened by sin and in need of rest and refreshment. And Jesus graciously grants us this rest for our souls in the salutary gift of his body and blood. As the, good, as the hymn says, weary am I and heavy laden, with sin my soul is sore oppressed. Receive me graciously and gladden my heart, for I am now thy guest. Our service is the service of Vespers. As it begins on page 229, we now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading is from the book of Exodus, the 31st chapter. And the Lord said to Moses, You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. O Lord, have mercy on us. The epistle is from Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we, have believed, for we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, They shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day. Today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. 
For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us, therefore, strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. O Lord, have mercy on us. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus said, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. O Lord, have mercy on us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sermon text is from 1 Corinthians, uh, never mind, I apologize, uh, from the Old Testament, Exodus 31 and Matthew chapter 11, the gospel for this evening. Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. This was the Lord's solemn command to his newly redeemed people. He had given them many other commands, but this one he, to this one he added special emphasis, above all. Above all, the Lord wanted his people to rest from all their work just as the Lord himself had rested from all his works of creation. By observing this command, the people would know that it is the Lord who sanctifies them, the Lord who makes them holy. God also warned the people what would happen to them if they did not keep the Sabbath. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. God's command was not to be disobeyed. That begs the question, why was it so important? Why was God so insistent that his people set aside a holy day of rest? Well, besides the obvious purpose of providing physical rest and refreshment, this holy day was established so that God might bring spiritual refreshment to the souls of his people. The Sabbath was a time for the children of Israel to receive instruction in God's word. Now Luther's hymn on the Ten Commandments, it captures the spirit of this command. You shall observe that the worship day, that peace may fill your home and pray, and put aside the work you do, so that God may work in you. Have mercy, Lord. But the Sabbath day served another great purpose. 
In fact, it was a greater purpose. Like all the laws given by God through Moses, the Sabbath was a guardian until Christ came, as St. Paul says, so that we might be justified by faith, as he explains in Galatians. It was to teach his people about the one who is himself the Lord of the Sabbath, as we read in Matthew chapter 11 and 12 tonight. With the coming of Christ in the flesh, the true Sabbath rest had come. Christ shows us that he has fulfilled the Sabbath when he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. By urging those who are weary and heavy laden by sin to find rest in him, he is telling us that in him all our labor ceases, and that in him we find true rest for our souls. He is our Sabbath because he Sabbathed in the tomb. He rested on the Sabbath day from all his works of redemption. He said on Good Friday, It is finished to tell us thy, after suffering for our sins on the cross. And then he was laid in the tomb where he rested until the third day. During his earthly ministry, many heard Jesus' invitation. They came to Christ in faith and they found rest for their souls. They cast off their burdens, that is, their guilty consciences, their sorrow over sin, death, and the devil. And they took refuge in the mercy and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They put aside their works so that God might work in them through his Son, by his Spirit. Of course, there were many who rejected this invitation too. Many Jews did not want to lay aside their works because they wanted their works to count for something. As though somehow they might be counted righteous through all of their so-called holy works. They had forgotten the true purpose of the Sabbath which was to point to Christ. They insisted on carrying their own burdens, spurning and rejecting the Lord's gracious invitation to cast all their cares and anxieties on him in order to then find rest for their souls. Nothing saddens the Lord more than having his invitation for spiritual rest and refreshment despised and spurned. This is why he weeps over Jerusalem, for he knows what their rejection will cost them. This is why he so urgently commanded the children of Israel to observe the Sabbath, even adding to it punitive measures. And this is why he urgently invites those who are troubled by their sins to believe in him. Jesus also wants you to find rest for your soul, not in the passing pleasures of this world, not in your own works, not in your own supposed righteousness, but in him, in his atoning death, in his blood shed for you in his rest for the tomb, in the tomb, and in his resurrection on the third day. He wants you to lay aside your load of sin just as he wanted his people of old to rest from all their works. And to this end, he has instituted for you and for all of his weary sojourners the salutary gift of his holy supper. You see, every week that you come to the Lord's table, weak and weary and burdened by sin, in need of spiritual rest and refreshment, that which only Christ can and does give. You have multiple transgressions against God. Your thoughts and desires, they've been soiled with sin. Your load is too heavy for you to bear. And so the Lord says to you, come to me. Eat my body, drink my blood, and you will find rest and refreshment for your souls. The communion of Friedrich Christian Heider confesses this comforting truth. Weary am I and heavy laden, with sin my soul is sore oppressed. Receive me graciously and glad in my heart, for I am now thy guest. 
Lord, may thy body and thy blood be for my soul the highest good. See, this hymn teaches us that entering into Jesus' presence is not just something that happens in our thoughts or in our feelings. Rather, it is a concrete reality in the Lord's Supper. Jesus is present in his body and blood under the bread and wine. He is not far away. He is not in some place which Christians must go off in their own imaginations. The same Lord whose words and deeds were recorded for us in the Gospels is the same Lord who comes to you in the divine service. And he invites you to come to him, to his table, receive his gifts, and then so also receive the rest he has for you and has won for you. The children of Israel were not to wander forever in the wilderness. They were pressing toward a goal. The Lord was leading them to a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. Each Sabbath was a rest stop, if you will, along the way toward that final rest that they would have once they reached the land of Canaan. So also, the church, we, the bride of Christ, are pressing toward a goal. We too look with longing eyes to the eternal rest Christ has promised to give to us. It is comforting to know that each and every time we gather to rest our weary souls here at the Lord's table, well, we are reminded of the future and final rest we have when Christ comes again in glory. And so it is truly a foretaste, not only of the feast, but of the rest to come. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you rested from your work of creation on the Sabbath to give your creatures a day to find rest and refreshment in your holy word. Grant that we may with faithful perseverance keep the Sabbath, gladly hearing and learning your word, until that day when you give us eternal rest and refreshment in the resurrection to life everlasting. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, in this earthly life we endure sufferings and death before we enter into eternal glory. Grant us grace at all times to subject ourselves to your holy will and continue steadfast in the true faith to the end of our lives that we may know the peace and joy of the blessed hope of the resurrection of the dead and the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, merciful Father, sustain and comfort your servants who are mentally ill. Do not allow the evil one to trouble them, but provide, for, provide them with people who in wisdom and sympathy will minister to them in their need. Strengthen them and their families in the knowledge of your redeeming love, so that they may evermore look to you for rescue and help. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life and everything in your creation that enriches our physical lives. By your merciful guidance, aid and strengthen those with physical disabilities and enable them to find fulfillment in their lives and encouragement and support for all their endeavors. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
blessed Savior Jesus Christ, following your work of redemption on Good Friday, you rested in the tomb on the Sabbath and came back to life on the first day of the week, opening to us an eternal Sabbath rest. Grant to us who are burdened by our sins, ears to hear your gracious invitation to come to your table and find rest for our souls in the eating and drinking of your body and blood. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Well, again, good evening. It's wonderful to see you all here. Um, I, I do hope you were able to get a bulletin, but then again, I have to say, if we, if we have that problem, that's a good problem to have. Uh, and so, um, nonetheless, God's blessings to you as you continue in the week, and I look forward to seeing you on Sunday where we can continue to rest in the blessed truth that Christ Jesus has come. He is our Savior from sin, death, and the devil, and we rejoice in everything that he has accomplished for us, uh, even as we continue through this season of Lent uh, where we follow Jesus to the cross, and we are, of course, drawing near then to Holy Week, and our contemplation is uh, all the deeper on those uh, glorious truths of our Savior's love and mercy for us. Um, I'll greet you at the door.